0: Welcome to another episode of Better Wipe Podcast, your modern-day the kitchen table with a bit of cheesement and less yelling on most days. What's up,
1: y'all? It's your girl, Co here. Hey, friends. This is Brenda, aka Babs. What's going on, y'all? So before we actually jump into the fun stuff, we want to announce that this is actually the last episode of our first Dica season. And... <laughs> so you know, we've uh, we started in December and we decided that today is going to be our last episode so that we can take a little break because you know that that's necessary and be able to come back even more energized and uh, ready to produce content uh, to share with y'all um, in December. Yes. So me sense. and CEO have a lot of ideas and little mm-hmm. mini projects. So, that we're excited to share with y'all over the next couple of weeks. But yeah, we're We're ready to deliver. Hey! I don't know why that was so funny to me. But anyway, what's been going on? What's been happening? I feel like we haven't spoken in a little bit. We haven't. Since, well, the
0: last episode we recorded, I was uh, getting ready for my trip to California. So, Mm -hmm. that happened. It was great. I had a really good time filled with a lot of you know the weekend was filled with a lot of love so that was nice um yeah I saw y'all y'all
1: look so cute
0: we was there I I you know I wasn't really gonna post and then I was like all right well all these pictures are here so might as well just post, post
1: <laughs> and I'm looking and cute them. and you know so
0: we post them and why not um but everything came out really really cool uh Veronica had a good time mm so she says and so now we're just getting ready for the wedding in October which is like right around the corner it really is right crazy how time flies like we are already at our last episode that's crazy 20
1: episodes sis wow we did that
0: (sighs) yeah yeah that's crazy Wow, and thank you to all of y'all who are listening to us because without y'all we wouldn't be here either right no because who will be listening to us <laughs> just you it's and not, me yeah it was just us uh, playing back our, our space. episode you know exactly trying like, to bring yo, up numbers yeah exactly <laughs> trying to get them the 15 cents to 25 cents <laughs> oh man but um la was cool uh, i was in new york this past weekend for, my uncle came back from rehab from his physical th- you know where he was for physical therapy mm-hmm. from his surgery post-surgery so that was good because it's been a minute and he's he was so excited to come home it was like he didn't he felt like he wasn't going to come back Damn. um yeah so that was nice
1: and work has been crazy welcome to the management world sis welcome to the
0: management world it's yeah it's it's here's the thing for me it's more of the transition I feel trying to get acclimated to the transition of being embedded in my role but also still managing the role that I was in and trying Mm. to disseminate that between people and train those people and make sure that they feel supported and that they could do the job and the role because they're restructuring the organization. And so as part of restructuring the organization, they're not going to backfill the position that I was in.
1: Wow. So now you're essentially filling two roles.
0: Exactly.
1: So I
0: am or have accepted it with grace at this point with the intent in mind that if things don't change,
1: there's got to be a different conversation. Happening. Absolutely. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Cause that's also unfair to you. You know, you need help.
0: Yeah. Yes. So whether or not anybody feels that my previous job was 35 hours a week or not, it's still a bit, it's still at least 25 hours of work. Yeah. So you're kind of giving me a 35 hour, you know, role, a new role. And now I have another job. Exactly. So, It's been a lot of moving parts, you know, me trying to also learn the, learn the management style, right? Kind of like embed myself Mm. and grow and Mm -hmm. and really just kind of see what's happening and how things go. Cause I know moving as a manager is, it's a little different because Mm -hmm. of the information that you're, you're entitled to. So sometimes Mm it's like, you don't realize that you're in that, you hear the information because you're in that role. So it's not necessarily that it's like a Broadcast, right? Or that's exactly. You know, something that all people know. So exactly. Yep. Uh, sure. That's just one of the things that I've observed. You know, and thinking about things overall, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. Uh, but other than that, you know, it's been nice to to have more of a leadership role uh, and feel more connected to a team. More engagement, I think, on a daily basis. It was like I had engagement with my previous team, but now it's constant, like back to back to back to back to back. And we had a new staff, like a new hire. So when I got hired, she got hired, and she she's been kind of, you know, like I've been working closely with her, but very closely, you know, like she's a new hire, so she needs more attention than the others. So she's still learning. So I'm trying to teach her while I learn my role, while the other role. So. Mm. And still supervise all the other ones. Not that I don't have help, but you know, it's still a lot. Yeah, it could be on some days. So I've been a l- little bit like back to back to back at work. And um, so that's been keeping me busy throughout the day and changing shifts because part of our manager is like our building is going to be open till eight. So I are you going to- in person? So we've been, well, because of the staff, the staff that I have, they man the, the buildings. And we have families still coming in for therapy. Oh,
1: okay. So you're not doing, you're so, not doing just
0: tele- teletherapy. You're doing like in-person. Therapy. Correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. Because not all kids can handle telehealth. Mm. And it's not appropriate. So they have the option of coming into the clinic. And so as a result, my team is, is the team that kind of manages the building and the desk. And um, so they're doing a lot of the administrative stuff. And they're required to, they're going to be required to go in three days a week now. Mm. So. Damn. Yeah. I may cut um, some of this work shit out, but we could still talk about it.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think that hopefully, um, you know, they're able to disseminate all that work amongst multiple people so that way you are not literally handling the work of two people because then that also takes away from you being able to manage people and managing people takes a lot of time because you have to manage people's emotions manage people's time schedules also manage their development coaching and all that so
0: exactly and that's so I want to be a good time. I want to be a good manager you know I want to be able to support my team so for me I'm always having conversations with my team I'm like yo, if y'all need anything, just call me. Like I'm mm-hmm. here, just call me for whatever. I'm like, we're learning different things. We're going to, you know, we are a team. We're going to learn together because we're also transitioning to a new EHR.
2: Mm, what does that mean? So
0: it that means that we have one system, electronic health record with oh, all of our okay. patients and now we're getting a new, brand new.
1: Okay.
0: Um. So essentially there's a lot more happening but I'm just like yo I'm here I'm here just tell me what you need I'm here mm-hmm. so that they can feel like you supported. know supported mm-hmm. and I think aside from that right like there was this concept I forgot who told me this but they're like you would you want your team to feel about you like you want them to you want to be able to ask them something and then be willing to do it for you no matter what because you're that type of manager Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying and so for me I want to be able to support them in that way so they can see that that's like you know like if y'all need something like I'm going to be there for you but we all got to do this together like granted if y'all don't want to come in and cover
1: we're a team this is what we were doing before COVID what are y'all doing now exactly yeah
2: and it's being able to
1: discern like like the different personalities and who you have to push a little more and who is a little bit more autonomous, the people that you kind of just let them do their thing, but there's other people you got to check in on them every like hour, every two hours.
0: (laughs) Well, that's the thing I'm starting to learn. I'm starting to learn that too. And so how do I incorporate that into what I'm doing right now? But that's one of the, I think me having this duplicate role, prevents me from having being that relationship able to do that. and mm. and heart, like nurturing that and building I on agree. that. So yeah. instead it's like I'm all over the place still trying yeah. to support them by just kind of giving them information and then meeting mm. trying to meet with them during their supervisions and stuff.
1: So before I even share my update honestly, I wanna say Feliz Dia de Independencia a Mexico. Today is Mexico's independence yeah. day. So contrary to popular belief, Cinco de Mayo is not Mexico's Independence Day. And yeah, it's actually September 16th, but no, you still cannot walk out the house with a sombrero or a poncho or a fake fucking mustache. All right. It's still cultural appropriation, whether it's Cinco de Mayo or September 16th. So please, Please throw that shit away, burn it, have a bonfire with it, but do not walk out your house with it. Thank you very much. But also on top of that, uh, it's also the first day of Latinx Heritage Month, so mm-hmm. celebrations all around. All, mm-hmm. all I don't know why I said alound. all around. All <laughs>
0: around. Although we don't need one month, we need all
1: year reminders, exactly as it should be. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of my last two weeks, they've, they've been pretty pretty cool, pretty chill. Hasn't been anything out of the ordinary that's happened. Um, going to Chicago this weekend with my boo, which I'm actually hyped about. I have tons of family there. My mother's entire, entire side of the family lives in Chicago, Indiana area. And yeah. to kind of give you a little bit of an idea of how big the family is, I have 37 cousins oh 37 cousins and my mom is one of 11 children so huge huge family so i'm excited because my auntie is gonna do something she just renovated her house and she invited us to come over on saturday when we land to spend some time and she's gonna invite the family there i haven't seen them in like six seven years so it's gonna be nice i'm I'm super hyped i'm super hyped yeah so yeah i mean that's pretty much it um we're going the 18th we're getting back to tuesday so we're staying four days so we're gonna do a little exploring we're gonna do an architectural tour it supposedly is really dope so essentially like it's a boat ride through the middle of chicago and chicago has beautiful architecture like the buildings absolutely gorgeous so we're gonna do that then we're also gonna check out the na- apparently i didn't know this the national um uh, museum of mexican art is in chicago so we're gonna go oh, there right.
2: okay. and then we're gonna
1: go to the do um do another couple of other museums, check out a jazz spot. So it's it's gonna be lit. I'm excited. Jazz. Just like that, we're
0: on to our no me diga section shit in the news. So uh I don't know if y'all have heard, but Chile, the country, is not the not the spicy thing. Not the not the seasoning. Chile, the country, will have or has um, gathered a group of 155 people to revisit their constitution. So, why you may be wondering this is relevant. Well, one. Because the new constitution established by these 155 people can remove the one created by Pinoche's, uh brutal far-right dictatorship, and this was in 1973. So, essentially, Agosto—Agosto um, Agosto is his name, I believe. I don't know if you're familiar with him, Brenda, but um, I have no idea. He's pretty much a dictator completely against socialism and was just not good for the people.
1: Oh, so Augustus is Pinochet's first name. I know who Pinochet yes. is, but I didn't know that was his first name. Yeah, that's his first name, yep. He's mm-hmm. irrelevant
0: ass. So, you know, he was, I mean, what you would probably compare to uh, Cubans. Oh my God, what's his name? Why am I drawing a blank? This is embarrassing.
1: Uh, Fidel Castro.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the second half of that, more importantly, is that 17 of those 155 people are indigenous people. So indigenous people, uh, I think overall, probably the consensus is that they don't have a voice uh, and, and in Chile, that is the same for them. So being a part of, of these group, right, of this 155 people to change the constitution, at least I think seems like a big deal.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So historically, and even so today, there's this you know significant inequality between the people in Chile. And so much of that prevents people from having access to essential services. So I think this is, you know, I mean, it happens here, right? Mm-hmm. Where people just don't have access to essential services, but it's, it's, hap- it's a global issue. Um, you know, we know that obviously this is problematic. Um, so, while all of this is great, right? We also, uh, it's important for us to note that even if the language in the Constitution is changed, there needs to be action plans set in motion. To ensure that those constitutional changes translate to access for indigenous communities.
1: Mm-hmm. That that part right there. That part right there. Thanks because I think we've that. spoken about it in the past that, you know, I think that policy change and and legisl- change in legislature is great, right? Because that, that's the start. But... Ultimately, there needs to be action taken in order to ensure that these policies and these laws translate into actual access for the people that need it so. Snaps on that
0: snaps on that so what do we need to know essentially right chile is one of uh, the Latin American countries, not to recognize indigenous people. So. I think that's kind of crazy, but when I found this, colonization,
1: out, sis. colonization,
0: I found out, so I had found this out, but then I related it to, I'm digressing, but essentially the story is that I met a guy at a bar and he was telling me that he is Native American and he's from Chile and he speaks five languages and he worked for ICE. And when I find that, when I found that out, I was like, I was so confused. I was like, I, excuse me, sir. I'm like, can you come over here, please? Cause I need to have a, have a, have a conversation with you. Like, I need to understand what, like, I don't have access to people like you all the time. So we need mm-hmm. to have a conversation right here, right now. Like I need to understand what are you thinking? Like what, what is it that you feel being in this role? And like, do you feel good, like supporting your own people? And like, you know, I don't know. I was just, it was just, it wasn't, it wasn't sitting right with me. It was just very different. So um, I thought it was amazing. I was amazed at the fact that he spoke five different languages and he, and of course it wasn't really the setting because he was drinking and, you know, probably, I don't, I mean, it was just probably not the right moment, the the conversation didn't go south or anything he just explained that it wasn't something that always happened because he was in he was in airports so I was like so do you deport people and he's like well if I have to and I'm like so but he made it seem like it didn't really happen often and if he was stationed at the airport and this was this was several years ago this is not currently like he I don't think he was under ice uh when Trump was in administration so this was some time ago but it's still you know for me I'm like so I don't like I don't understand like yeah I was still kind of wasn't understanding and he and he might have gone into it but I can't remember specifically what it was but I, I can't if I don't remember it probably wasn't memorable because I feel like I would have remembered something that important so I feel like he didn't really give me a response mm-hmm. um but he did say that he wanted so I um, you know I'm bringing it back to the to what we need to know. He wanted like his um tribe was in Chile and he just wanted his tribe to be recognized, like his people and he did share that his people are not recognized, like he they pretty much get treated differently, you know, because of the color of their skin and amongst other things I believe that he didn't share. But, you know, I bring that, to, I say that to say that this is, re, you know, like I've spoken to somebody who's experienced this, who is an indigenous person, actually from Chile, which, you know, that was pretty fitting for this conversation.
1: I think it's interesting. Um, I know that it was a digression, but I think it's interesting whenever uh, I see a person, Now, I don't want to just say uh Person of color. I want to make it more specific. When I see a person that is specifically affected by an issue, working for the agency that is causing the harm, right? I always find that interesting, and I mean, I I understand why. Um, I think that there's a lot of internalizing messages growing up <clears throat> that a lot of times pushes people to be in these positions for example this particular person that was working for ICE um but I, I, I still be like what are you doing but even though I'm i really confused I under, I understand it like uh I think you and me have talked about this before like um To me, the, the the career choice, is it says a lot about a person. I think that sometimes we work careers because we're trying to survive. And we live in a society that requires us to, you know, pay bills. And, you know, so we need to make money in some way. So I get that. But I think that when you work in a specific role, like you're working for ICE, right, you have to have a, you are actively um, working in an agency that is literally taking away, uh, um, sending people back to a country that potentially it, where they could have threats to their life, threats to their livelihood, or threats to their family. So it's, it, it just, it's something that is, I understand why it happens, but it still baffles a shit out of
0: yeah, and I wish I could remember the conversation more in depth because honestly, I asked him if he was born. He like I I was asked I was interrogating this man. I was like, "Are you like, were you born here? Like, do you feel any connection to this country?" You know, trying to kind of understand literally, like, pathologi- path, path pathologize it. Yeah, mm-hmm. like trying to figure it out. Truly, like, what is it that he was thinking? And and I like I said, it wasn't the right place because I don't remember. But
1: yeah. And when you drink, it's like oh. shit gets mixed up. So yeah, another, another yeah, place, so, another time. Not the place, not the time. Right. But
0: um, yeah, and we'll continue on. So some of the things that we should know are the constitution of, of 1973 in Chile contributed to the privatization of education, health and pensions. Uh, which has made it unattainable for people in Chile right so this idea of I mean privatizing education I think the education should be free for everybody everybody should have access to education um, and health insurance but I guess that's not the case for many places Um, and this shit here just I mean this happens here and but Chilenos are in debt right now or they have been for buying items like groceries. So yeah. people are using credit cards and um, taking out loans to pay for
1: things that we should all have access to, it's fucking crazy. which doesn't seem right. It's inflation. It's, it's similar to what was happening in uh, Venezuela. You know, so it's fucking crazy. Yeah.
0: Well, um, before we move on, there was, uh, so most of this information I had gathered from uh, this blog that I follow, they're called Aussie News, and they had shared uh, the article of an interview that they did with one of the 17 indigenous women, Uh, and this one specifically, this woman, her name was Alejandra Flores Carlos, Uh, she was nominated to be part of the constitution change and what's crazy is that she was jailed under Augusto Pinochet's rule so under his rule she was jailed so under the constitution that they have now she's helping to rewrite the same constitution from which she was imprisoned Mm. so The interview really talks about, like, she speaks about feeling very emotional, that this was happening for her.
1: And, of course, probably never believing that this could happen, right? Yeah. Yeah, to go from jail to be able to actually change the constitution of the country, that's... That's the
0: same constitution that imprisoned you. you You're about to try to change. Yeah. So, and I think that, you know, it's...
1: That's powerful.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, Even though she did talk about how, you know, there were lack of, there weren't many resources provided for these, the group of 155. So there wasn't a space for everybody to congregate or gather. So, and there, you know, there were limited resources, but they still had deadlines that they had to meet. So it's like, you are not really giving me the resource. You want me to do this, not giving me the resources and you have this due date and I'm supposed to figure it out. So really they're just kind of like saying Mm. here, you could do it, but can you really?
1: Right. Right. I'd be curious to know more context about uh, like who's, like who is in a way sponsoring this, like Mm. to know more details. Yeah, I wonder,
0: I mean, I didn't find much of it, but it might be worth exploring. Yeah. so our better why this week is better why a nuclear family so since the concept of nuclear family varies amongst all we are here today with a friend of ours to discuss our thoughts feelings and personal experiences with the nuclear family ideology Natasha, thank you for being here with us. Hey, thank you for having me. It's been a minute. I know,
2: so a long. hot minute. <laughs> a
0: hot minute.
2: I, like, I feel like it's been like 10 years.
0: Yo, I feel like it's definitely been before COVID. So how many years is that? <laughs> for sure. And that was already man long ago.
2: I and know. I, th- I literally think the last time is that picture that we had with... Be- no, that picture that you had with Bea...
0: That was in the house with the Minnie Mouse? Yeah. Oh, my God. How long ago was that? Bayo was so small. Bayo was like two.
2: She's about to be eight.
0: Oh, wow.
2: There we are. (laughs) Six years ago. It's
0: been almost 10 years,
2: practically. (laughs) Well, how is she all grown up? Yeah, she's just, she's great. She's amazing. You still have the pets? I have one cat. Is it Coco? Yes.
1: Okay. <laughs> it's my girl. What's up, Coco?
2: I've
1: been thinking about potentially getting a pet, but I don't know. Get a cat. They're so easy. Because they're self-sufficient. But I don't know. There's something about puppies that just like.
2: Mm-mm. You might as no. well have a kid. Oh, oh don't. <sighs> I be saying that yo, dogs are needy as fuck. Yep. You know what? If I think a uh, cat that does the same thing, like cuddles with you, like on their time, but they'll cuddle with you. They'll meet you at the door. They'll they'll be
1: really sweet. You don't I, need a dog. You know? I mean, I think I think I'm just not do either. <laughs> <laughs> that's I a good one. I'm, that that's I think that's probably what I'm gonna do. A fish. <laughs>
2: <laughs> a fish yes <laughs> not even the stink
0: <laughs> well if that's the case then brenda ain't getting no animal because they all stink <laughs> mm-hmm. well cats you know their litter stinks but they don't really stink yeah they Dogs
2: don't stink. stink yeah dogs smell all the time no matter what brenda's like
0: mm, i don't know about that <laughs> how often do you get close to dogs brenda
1: My mom has like seven dogs. No, well, I won't she had three. She had three dogs at one point. So that's inflation right there. (laughs) That is inflation. (laughs) You gotta laugh. Hey,
0: that's so we could do the best time. (laughs) Um, all right. So let's just start off by like sharing what we feel like what our definition of nuclear family is for us personally, aside from like what we know and have ex- experienced. Wants to go first? Not everybody jump. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you go first, Theo.
0: Wow. Wow, wow, wow. All right, cool. So I'll go first. So essentially my definition has just sh- shifted a bit. Um, I feel like the concept I grew up knowing versus what I feel is my nuclear family is very different. Um, and learning more about the history of what nuclear family, you know, what it was or, and what it is. Um, I think that essentially what I found out to be was that there might have been a misrepresentation of what the common type of family may be. Right, so um, we have been misled to believe that the nuclear family is a mom, dad, and a child, right? That's what, at least I think that when people, I like assume a nuclear family, that's what they're thinking, mom, dad, and kid or children. Um, And I feel like that is the most common, or at least I thought that that was the most common, but in fact, that is not it. It's the extended families that are more common. So, I mean, I think of my family and, and my friend's family. And I know very few people who are in that historical traditional definition of a nuclear family. So, and I had to take a step back and think about that because I'm like, oh shit, like all of my friends and my, like, we are all like our nuclear family is our extended family. It's not having a mom a dad and a child. So when I think of my nuclear family I think of my grandmother my uncle my extended family people that I lived with that I was raised with you know my mom at the time was my stepdad um so and I think that yeah I think for me that's kind of that's what I feel but I never thought of it as like, for me personally, like my nuclear family, I never thought of it as a mom, dad, and a child. Like I always just thought that my immediate family was the nuclear family.
2: Like the normal, the, the normal the way that it's supposed to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I grew, definitely grew up in a traditional mom, dad, and children household, for sure. Middle class. Um, we didn't have all the money in the world but we had enough we weren't needing for nothing but nobody none of, none of my family members lived the same way as that i did um i think that the reason why it's so common like the mom the dad and the like that's what people usually aspire for i think that's done on purpose like i think that we are taught that this is how a normal family looks like because uh, the nuclear family in particular supports capitalism like it it creates a hierarchy the dad goes out to work he's the the uh, breadwinner he controls the household the woman stays home and she takes care of the children and that's how it's supposed to be and that's how it was meant to be and we kind of still we're still, we're still in, we're not directly in that, but we do, we are, because men still make more than women, like, there's, mm-hmm. there's no maternity leave, so a lot of women are, they have to stay with their husbands when they don't want to, because what are you going to do, you have a child now, so you can't leave, you don't, you know what I'm saying, like, it's,
1: mm-hmm.
2: it's, um, it's, sti- we're still, we're still, like, drawn to that, traditional nuclear family because um it supports it supports capitalism and it supports misogyny and it it supports heteronormity it supports all that stuff we weren't taught like oh you can be in a you know you could be with a woman you could be with a man you could be with whoever you want you don't have to do with anyone you could live with your friends if you want to you could live Mm -hmm. with by yourself like you don't have to have kids like None of us were taught that. We were all taught like, okay, you grow up, you get married, you have kids. And, and that's, that's the not, only way to be. That's right.
1: Yeah, and it's like that's not everybody's story. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's journey's different. And yeah. it's funny, yeah. it, it's it's I it I'm really glad that you said that. Um that the term and the concept of nuclear family supports uh or is a, is a vehicle for capitalism and misogyny and heteronormativity, homophobia. And I feel like a lot of times people don't realize that. So that's mm-hmm. why I'd like, even, even referring to my family as a nuclear family, because I did grow up in a traditional family and mm-hmm. my, my mother, my father, I'm the oldest of four. So I, I did grow up that way, but I, um, I don't, I don't use the term nuclear family because nuclear family to me is a buzzword that's right. utilized uh, a lot of times by people that want to to push uh, misogynist uh, concepts they of ways ways of living. Like mm-hmm. that's that's what they use, right? They say that this. Um, this is actually something that I heard recently that. Um, that the uh, the LGBTQ community is uh, threatening the nuclear family. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, there's there's, yep. there's there's so much there to unpack. But I guess I go back to say that when I think of the, the term nuclear family, that's the first thing that comes to mind. I'm like, it's a, yeah. trigger, you know, and a concept that's utilized as a vehicle to promote all of these isms that, right, right. you know, um, are so incredibly
2: harmful. Also, I don't think that what's talked about enough is the nuclear family in most cases does not work. Mm. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't function the way, it's not given what it's supposed to give. you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it doesn't do what it's supposed to do. Like, how, mm-hmm. many, how many people are just in unhappy relationships, in a, unhappy marriages, because this is what their mother and father told them mm. that they had to do? And you got to stay together for the kids and you got to stay together because you uh, you don't have a well enough job to to separate yourself. You can't be a single mom, you know, like you can't mm-hmm. in, until Obama, you couldn't marry um, the same sex, you know, like mm-hmm. it's you know, it's like it, those those families don't necessarily function the way that like I know in my family. My mother and my father, you know, they did their best, but especially coming from people of color who um, are extremely marginalized, have gone through so much generational trauma, like kind of trying to mold themselves into this picture-perfect family didn't work because, you carry you're carrying all this baggage into this like quote-unquote perfect family but you're not treating any or healing or doing Mm. any of the things that you're supposed to do in order for this family to work in the first place Mm. so you're just like oh well this is what I'm supposed to be doing but you're not healed from any of the trauma that you've gone through and you're just inflicting trauma on your children and you know they're Mm -hmm. They're doing the best that they can and using the tools that they were given, but we're not, this isn't like the happy, the happy home that it's supposed to be just because it's my mom and my dad and my sister.
1: That's so valid. I felt that. You was talking to me, sis. (laughs) (laughs) I felt that. Yeah.
2: Like my mom. And then specifically with my mother, my mother worked a lot. Like she worked a lot. I never like I was mostly with my father and my mom was always at work and when she came home she was stressed so everybody got to be on their best behavior when mom's home so it sounds good it sounds like a good concept mom dad working household kids at home kids going to school in a good neighborhood but like I said it doesn't work for everyone no, doesn't always function the way it's supposed to, and how you know they're trying to like push everybody to this this ideal, and no one's no one's uh really ready for that.
1: Yeah, I also think that that trying to fit all family structures into this traditional setup also is harmful because what happens is. Resources are created, legislature and policy are created to fit only this particular type of family. Exactly. So what happens when you're not there? You can't share health care because you're not a traditional family or you right. don't have access to certain certain resources because you don't fall within that traditional family. So it's like you're almost forced to have to live in that type of setup.
2: Yeah, um, wasn't it not too long ago? I remember my coworkers talking about this, that in order to... Um, get wel- welfare, or something like that, or sectioning, you had to, it, it was either you had to have a man living there, or you had to have a man not living there. I, I don't remember what it was. Mm. But I remember saying that the man somehow had to be either absent to get welfare, or mm. had to be there has to be evidence of a man there. I can't remember. I can't remember what it was. But it was it particularly affected um, communities of color. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like legislation, less legislation, it only supports these kinds of families. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Can I also add that the
0: idea that it needs to look this way or a certain way takes away from the fact that we don't normalize having a village
2: to raise our children. Mm. Exactly.
1: Yes.
2: So it really fucking takes a village, bitch. Like it does it is not <laughs> just mom and dad. That shit
0: is it for real though. It does. And I feel like I've been able to appreciate oh, that by looking at my friends who are parents. I agree. And I have a lot of friends who are parents. So this idea too that we um that we like polygamous relationships are looked down upon because mm. It's not, you know, the normal concept of love and a marriage and a nuclear family. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's like, if that's what I want to do, then, hey, like, it sounds <laughs> like I got an easy ass life because y'all got, you got people. mad help. <laughs> I got, I could for go real. out if I want to. Okay. I could take a break. All right. I could come over here with my girl and just have a seat. Right. Y'all could take care of the kids. We come back. <laughs>
2: It's so, that's the point. Like, I literally wouldn't be able to do and be where I am without my family and my friends, my girlfriends. Like, when we're all together and we all have our kids, like, we're parenting, we're all parenting, you know? You're it's not like, oh, that. you parent your kids, and I parent my kids, and you don't let your kids do that. Like, no, we're all together, like, hey, 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 you know? Like, we're all parenting <laughs> each other. We all got each other's oh, back. Oh. Like, my my cousin just had a baby, and she's going through like the, uh, the postpartum depression and we're all mm. there like she doesn't have her baby daddy around so we're all there we were all there like we, we got you girl give me the baby go go take a shower you know like we're that's beautiful and what do you ha- like if you don't have that the nuclear family I feel like doesn't support that they don't support mm-hmm. having those fam like how many how many friends how many stories do you hear about wives and husbands losing their friends losing their family because they're so caught up in their own situation that they have that they don't even hang out with their girlfriends or they don't see their you know they don't see their friends or any of that that
0: happens a lot because
2: you're so yeah. caught up in your marriage and your kids and it's like yo that sounds fucking miserable i can never i would never i would never be able to survive no. i would be so miserable i would be like yo i'm about to kill myself i'm not doing this no more
1: <laughs> you know what you know what's funny like uh I think that you brought up a good Mm -hmm. point. And I think we've mentioned this in like multiple episodes in in different contexts, but like the, this kind of extends to considering friends, family, and also (laughs) giving them that importance. Cause I think a lot of times people, people put uh, relationships in, in, in a hierarchy almost. So like, For me, and this is something that I love about my partner because when I told him this, he didn't react in any type of way. He was just like, okay, cool. I was like, I'm just letting you know that getting into a relationship with me, like my friends are incredibly important to me and I will make an effort to see them as much as I make an effort to spend time with you. So I just need you to understand that. That is is so,
2: that's amazing. Cause you need that, like, those are just those those relationships are just as important as your romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. your romantic relationships won't be shit without you know your support system, mm-hmm. someone to tell you, yo, he's fucking up, or yo, you're fucking up. You know, like, you need that. You need that in your life.
1: And, and if you don't have that, what are you gonna do?
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And if you don't have that, then y'all both just kind of going through it and not knowing like i don't know it's just you need that I agree. that's so important
1: 100 percent
0: we just gotta normalize that continues to normalize that right facts
2: i think we're i think our generation is trying to trying to our generation and gen gen z <laughs> trying yes, to get away, get away from that shit if you don't want to be a mom don't be a mom if you don't want to be straight don't be straight if you mm-hmm. don't want to be fucking if you don't want to be in a relationship, don't be in a relationship. Like I agree, it's okay. You will be
1: alright. And that's actually a good segue to the next question, um, in terms of like how expectations have changed. Like um, our generation is making these changes and and shifting like society standards. But how do we feel that expectations were set by our elders? and parents or and or imposed on you when deciding to establish your own family so in terms of like the nuclear family or traditional types of structures like how did that affect uh, us in in creating or wanting to create those families
2: it it affected me significantly um my my mother—it's interesting because my mom was in um, her degrees in psychology, and she, you know, had all of these very feminist values outside of the home, but in the home, she was very—how um, do I say it? She wasn't passive, but submissive. She still mm. She still did things for her husband. She did. She still like whatever her mother taught her how to be is how she was Mm. even even if she held all of these feminists which is fine if that's what you want to do Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily think that's what she wanted to do um but um so that is how I grew up like you're supposed to cater to your man you're supposed to um have a husband you're supposed to have children you're supposed to um fit into this little mold that Mm. American values have pushed upon us all um and I think that if I didn't grow up with that and I did have freedom the way that I'm raising my child to be I think my life would have went a lot Mm. more different a lot different
1: it's funny because I feel like for me, it caused me to completely rebel against everything.
2: Mm, yeah, some people, so, that's so that I have some people.
1: So I feel like it made me like, no, and, and see, you remember, even as early as like two years ago, I was like, fuck that. I don't know if I want to get married. I don't want no kids. You know, <laughs> I'm not cooking for nobody. <laughs> don't tell me to do nothing. No, no. Yeah.
0: I come and go when I please. These are my friends. You better like them or not.
1: Yeah. So I feel like it pushed me to be, and I feel like I've gotten to a place where I can I can look at these uh, I can look at these things more subjectively for myself and realize if it's something that I truly want and kind Mm -hmm. of remove that 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 block that was that was essentially pushing making me push all of this away just simply because it was superimposed on me right Mm. so now i'm like you know i do want to get married and i and i think that i've always wanted that but because it was pushed on me so much i was just like no i don't want to like i don't want it um and then also like I think it, I was going through my process of like self-discovery and understanding where marriage comes from, the, the history of marriage and understanding the misogyny behind it. But then I'm like, I understand that, but then I can also um, accept it for what it means to my relationship specifically. So, and we can def- redefine that. And the same thing with kids. Now I'm like, maybe, I'm still not a hundred percent, but now I'm at a maybe. And, um <laughs> And then I also started to realize that, you know what, me doing these things for my partner is is not a bad thing. It doesn't mean that I'm submissive. It doesn't mean if it's something that I want to do and it works for our, our situation. So to give like a more specific example, like I work from home and I do cook most of the time because I work from home. My partner works in New York City. He doesn't get back home till late, maybe 7, 7.30. So he doesn't expect it. And I think that that's the beautiful thing. He gets home and I'm, I'm like, babe, I didn't feel like cooking today. He's like, it's all right. I'll make a peanut butter jelly sandwich. I'm like, fantastic. And I think that that is what made me shift my thinking too is like meeting someone like him that is not like you can i do it for you because i love you and it works for our situation because i'm at home you know what i mean like it just makes sense for me to do it but i know that he doesn't expect it so it's not like a, a gender role type of thing but but yeah i think that that's how that kind of affected me and how i ended up maneuvering 100%. through life because of it Yeah. nah,
2: girl, I was a pick me ass bitch. I literally, (laughs) I literally would be like, nah, she don't do this. She don't do that. She not a good girlfriend and she's not going to be a good wife. She's not. And I used to judge people and I used to say this dumbest shit. I used to just be a whole pick me. And now I got the life that I was thinking I was going to get. And I'm like, this is not the greatest That is great as I thought it was going to be. (laughs) And then if you really think critically, like if you're forced to think critically at a younger age Mm. and be like, is this really what I want? Do I really want this? Like, and think, think things for yourself, like what you want yourself. You, like I said, you, you would probably have been in a relationship earlier. You would have been like, all right, yeah, this is what I want. This is, this is the, this is the life I want to live. And with me, I would have been like, I don't, like I'm gonna be a hoe I'm not gonna be with no man I'm not gonna have no kids I'm gonna be mm-hmm. living my best life I'm gonna be traveling the world you know like I would be the total opposite of what mm-hmm. I am now but you're not you're de- depending on your it's just depending on your um upbringing and it was very traditional and it expected me to be traditional so I was like okay I guess
1: what do you think, uh, what uh, shifted your thinking? Having a child. Oh.
2: Yeah, I think after having a, a kid, I think that it it brings this, like it kind of puts like a expiration date on your life kind of. Mm-hmm. Like you're just like, wow, um, life is not long. And you're just like, this is, I don't know. cause. Something about having a child just makes you realize like you are like this shit is life is fucking real and you don't you're not you're not going to be here forever. Mm. Um and because of that it just it shifted the way that I just view the world, the way that I want her to view the world, the way that mm. I want her to live. Um I want her to be her authentic self and live the life that she wants to live because Beautiful when and when you think about that you think about yourself and how much you didn't do those things mm. at least in my, in my um that's valid in my situation yeah mm. and this isn't to say that i don't love my child and i don't love my partner of course i love my partner of course i love my child um but like i said i would just if i didn't have the upbringing that i did and i was just more in touch with my own Mm -hmm. wants my own desires um wouldn't look like this
1: (laughs) i also think we need to make space for that to be okay to say like you know like you can express that you know i wish that i would have done these certain things and still be an amazing mother, partner, still love your child, still love, you know, uh, the person you're with and uh, be able to kind of work through these things, you know, and have these conversations. I think that yeah, yeah. that we definitely need to make more space for that. I completely agree. I agree. Um,
0: well, for me, it's changed. I mean... affected me until I was like in my 20s because that's I mean I came out then you know I would have come out sooner if um those ideals of what like a nuclear family looks like Mm -hmm. so I was confused for a lot longer just avoiding all those signs (laughs) (laughs) like People, go, they, people ask me, they're like, when, was the, when, when did you know? And I'm like, well, there was this girl in sixth grade. <laughs> <laughs> and I was the only person who knew, like I was talking to myself about it or whatever. Like, this is weird. She's cute. But because I was supposed to be with a man and I was supposed to marry a doctor or a lawyer. Mm-hmm.
1: That's another layer too, but that's for another...
0: so I mean you know I think it's funny because I think about like even what homophobia looked like in my family Mm. and I feel what I could recall is not too much discussion around it but using like derogatory words slur words Mm -hmm. you know like f-a-g-g-o-t I don't like saying it that word or when um because I was raised in a Spanish household they would say patola and you know those types of things so um and sometimes it would be like there would be jokes like oh like you like be like about being gay or whatever so it was kind of like having like, a negative connotation to it mm-hmm. so that was never my concept of a nuclear family like I could never think that I was ever going to be like have a nuclear family to be like my my person is going to be a woman and like I'm gonna mm-hmm. have a child and like this is what our family's gonna look like so it affected me until like some days like not so much now that I think about it like it you know like I'm happy you know with the idea of what I know that my nuclear family quote unquote nuclear family the concept of whatever that is or what my family is gonna look like and I'm like I'm okay with that you know like I don't think about the other stuff but when I came out everything was fine essentially I didn't really get a chance to come out but that's a different story (laughs) so I was kind of like out and then I had to have I had the conversation but not really with my mom um and she is very loving like you know like I am the light of her life so I could not do any wrong i could probably kill somebody and she'd still be on my side (laughs) That's so with that being said she was just like overly like oh my god and it wasn't ever like oh you have to be this way this is what your family needs to look like Mm. you know it was never that once it was out in the open you know it was just it was just um I didn't really like talking about it with my mom because she's just my mom so she you know it was just one of those things where it was accepted you know and mm. any person that I brought in which was not many she was you know she was really open to and met and was fine with so um that's good that's awesome. yeah
2: as long as you felt supported you know
0: exactly yeah I mean I feel like I regardless I guess if if she wasn't supportive then it would have been a lot harder Mm -hmm. to reflect on what it is that I wanted um it's interesting
2: happens it is yeah it's like it's interesting how the the views of for instance your parents can affect your like life choices you're like okay well I feel like a lesbian but my mom don't want me to be so am I really a lesbian (laughs) it's like yeah you are that's so true (laughs) I'm pretty sure
0: you definitely have something going on you ain't you you going this way a little bit you
2: about
0: to to go around the block um but but that's a real thing, you know, that's, that affects so many people, and I think specifically in the LGBT community, even people who want to be in interracial relationships, Mm. something similar like that, you know, Facts. but yeah, I mean, now I just feel excited to find out what my ultimate nuclear family is going to be, because I am... I've always been traditional, like, you know, one person, like one person relationship type of situation. But now I feel like this concept of an extended family just seems like so much more of a better idea. (laughs) I feel you, girl.
2: Yes. So I feel like I would what are you coming out to us as a polygamous person
0: <laughs> <laughs> no because i've done nothing of the sorts like i don't even know what that <laughs> would even look like i'd be like kind of just it's kind of like coming out right you kind of like not really sure how you're gonna be or whatever i think i don't know
1: i love I that just, journey for you though i think that's great
0: so what i'm really saying is that i'm open to the idea if it was there You know, like I'm not sitting here looking for it, but I'm saying that I'm open.
1: Mm.
0: I'm taking applications.
1: Hey,
2: (laughs) Blended families. You uh, you conduct an interview. (laughs) 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 Y'all want to do the interviews with me? (laughs)
1: Yes. We'll make it like one, uh, we'll even like set up like a little room with like tables and shit.
2: Breakout rooms. The one thing you the one thing you got going for you is there's gonna be no men so yes.
0: yeah well I don't want none in here we there those are they ain't allowed to there you take go them. they don't yeah. they get a separate waiting room
1: that 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 that's that's definitely a plus definitely as someone that, that that dates men yes that is definitely a plus
2: I know exactly, <laughs> exactly. that's I always tell people that's not that's my weakest characteristic—is legging
0: <laughs> Yo, that's what my gynecologist says. She's like, you don't want to do that. She's like, they—they're infested because they carry, you know, a lot of
2: bacteria and diseases. Is what she says. She's they carry so- more than that.
0: <laughs> she was disrespectful for that. I was caught off guard when she said that. I was like, oh, okay, you're that type of uh, open forwardness. Okay, we here for it. She's all up in there. I'm like, all right. <laughs> um, all right. So let's see what else we got here. Um, well, I think we talked about this, really. The concept of nuclear families playing a role in establishing toxic family dynamics. Right. So okay. that speaks a little bit to us kind of being in spaces or being with people or being in situations that we may not feel is right for us. But aside from that, have you all experienced any other types of toxic dynamics or
2: are aware of any? I think all of my relationships have been toxic, except for the one that I'm in now. But before that, that, and that was a fluke. I just ended up having like being in a relationship with somebody who just so happens not to be uh, emotionally abusive, but most of the men that I have been with have been extremely emotionally abusive. And I think that is because of my upbringing um, and how I've um, learned what, how I've learned to be in like how I learned what, not what love is, but like how love feels, I guess, mm. or what love is supposed to feel like, or giving excuses for toxic um, behaviors because mm. you experienced it through your parents. So mm. you think that, well, my parents love me, so um, he must mm. love me too, because this is what my parents did. So this has to be normal. Mm. Um, So yeah, it definitely has affected my relation, even my relationships with women that I've been with have been the worst. So I think that it's, it's interesting how you just recreate your own trauma in ways.
1: And it's, it, that actually just reminds me of the I think that one of the the toxic dynamics that just comes to mind is this concept and I think it's it's even more common in in families of color because the family is so central to survival is this Mm -hmm. concept of of unconditional love right could Mm -hmm. love should be conditional Agreed. Agreed. unconditional love should not exist right and I think that also contributes to like this feeling of entering relationships that are abusive and thinking, you know what, I loved my parents unconditionally, even though they did some really shitty things, right? So that then I should also be this way with this person, right? So I think that that specifically is like this, this thing that uh, I also had to work through this concept of it's okay for love to be conditional because it should be, you know? Right. So completely agree. And
2: then not only with your partners, with everybody in your life, your mother, your okay. father, like no one should be allowed to abuse you, gaslight you, manipulate mm-hmm. you. It doesn't matter okay. who the fuck it is. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. But we're not taught that, right? We're taught like, it's your mother. That's your mother. You love your mother.
1: Mm-hmm. It's true. I also think that that gives that also makes room for this other toxic dynamic that um, uh, I think we don't talk about enough is this concept of unconditional love or the family being like central to survival allows for uh, it to be okay to protect abusers, predators, and sometimes even pedophiles. So these people that should be held accountable and should not be allowed to continue to do these things are protected because they're part of the family, right? Mm-hmm. So that these these people continue to cause harm, right? And sometimes even in, um, sometimes even in, in situations where maybe the person, the individual that, that caused the harm, the abuser, the, the predator, is no longer associated with the family, it's not acknowledged that that person was who they were. So I think yeah. that this, this, this all kind of trickles down and creates a space where that is okay, where that just is too fucking common, right? Like not naming that this person caused so much harm to so many people in the family, and and allowing for them to either continue to 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 bring the harm or once they're gone their memory continuing to be almost like uh protected as if they never caused the harm that they did you know it's interesting because that that burden is always put on the women
2: the women Mm -hmm. are always to protect the men Mm -hmm. and any in any and every situation and it's because of the nuclear family you know like the man was a breadwinner the the man um t- protected the home so don't like you kind of all the bad behaviors you kind of gonna look the other way because mm-hmm. you have to accept it in one way or the other my grandmother used to fucking feed the man before she fed the kids like that's the type of shit that we were taught that oh. that's some toxic shit bro we could all eat. They don't need to eat at the first. same time. <laughs> yeah, like what the fuck. <laughs> but that feels like nobody's t- nobody physically told me, hey, you have to marry a man and you have to have kids. But these are all subconscious mm. like mm. viewpoints that they put on you, and you're just like, okay, you have to cater to your man. You have the to- this shit that I used to do with my boyfriends I would fucking never do now like you are so stupid I can't believe you did those things but I did those things because I thought that that's what I was supposed to be doing yeah. even if I didn't want to do it because yep. I was like I'm not my worth was connected to the things that I did for my boyfriend
1: Ooh, yep yep I feel that That's so valid yeah I also think that it's like um a lot of these things uh when we think about them now, they're so interconnected, right? And in a way it's like, one can say like, this shit is abstract in a way, because it's like, you gotta connect all these dots. It's like, you're fucking doing an investigation and trying to like say, cause and effect, A causes B, B causes C, C causes D. And I feel like sometimes when we are younger, we we don't make those connections right Mm -hmm. and i am super impressed by the youth right now because they're making those fucking connections but i also think it's because they have access to a lot more they have google they have social media you know they have they have like ted talk
2: tiktok and is. all these things
1: where they can learn these things but i feel like back then for us and imagine even for our parents the our our matriarchs and and the women that came before it they didn't always have access to this information so it's like it was it's it was harder to like make the connections like oh shit like i'm literally uh contributing to my own oppression so Right. yeah it's crazy
2: contributing to their own oppression and then and not but but also and like living in like imagine their lives like let's take yeah. a moment to think about how fucking miserable that must have been you know yeah. like raising children and never getting like the flowers that you deserve mm. like
1: <sighs> yeah
2: and it, it makes and and it also gives not that it justifies but it also it makes sense why so many women try to align themselves with patriarchy and misogyny because mm. that's feel the safest.
1: Oof. Yep. That's real. That's valid. That's that internalized misogyny. It's so true. Fucked up. Yeah. yeah. But I love it. I love that like we're now able to kind of have these conversations. Like these not, like seal will tell you, yo, these conversations, these shits like energize me and just like reinvigorate <laughs> me and have me thinking. I love this shit. And see will be like, uh huh, okay, Brenda. Yeah, okay, Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be listening, you know, just soaking up all the information. You but know, you know what though? I'm I-
2: passionate.
1: I think we balance each other out because I'm like really extra and just sometimes, sometimes intolerant to be intolerant of <laughs> intolerance. I mean, that's that's just that's just it. I'm like, no, fuck that. That's not valid. I don't give a shit. Not everybody's uh, um entitled to their opinion. And then Seal kind of. I feel brings- I'm the same way. And CEO brings me back in and kind of allows me or or makes uh, pushes me to. Be understanding, but still also uh, uh, allows me the space to to um,
2: explore that. And
1: opinion. And, yeah. right, right, exactly. So I think it's 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 a it's a good balance. Because yeah, imagine if we were both hard like, people like this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's hard to get that though. It's hard to um. It's hard to like see the other side sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like yes, it's hard please. to be like to To even think about like the other side, and it's good to have other people around to be like, no, well, like think about it like this. And, yeah. but yeah, I'm the same way. I'm so rigid. Like, nah, fuck that. No, if you, if you fuck with that, I'll fuck with you. Like, very <laughs> much.
1: <like that. laughs> really <Pretty Like> much. <laughs> you and,
2: but the thing is, is that literally, like
1: y'all
0: two together, like there ain't no gray area. It's black or white. That's yeah. it. Yeah. But y'all two together are scary powerful ass woman i can't everybody move out the fucking way y'all be y'all better not even try love it that's hilarious um well i mean we we can ask this last question or we can keep on going to the rest of the episode how are you on time natasha
2: i'm good i don't have anything to do
0: okay Cool. Cause this question's for you, girl. Mm -hmm. So this is specific to you and really as your role as a mom, speaks to your role as a mom. Mm -hmm. So how did you establish the definition of nuclear family for her? And does she ask questions about different types of families? Does she talk about her
2: own? Um, I make sure to let Bea know that there is a thousand different types of families and what they could look like always to the point where she's like, all right, mom, I know. Like, she's like, I, I know, like today we're at Target <laughs> That's so and she cute. was like, let's go to the we were getting her friend a toy and she's like, let's go to the girl section. I'm like, you know that she's like, yes, mom, girls and boys <laughs> toys are the same. I know. I just want to go to the girl. Like, she just very like, I know, I know. <laughs> so, so she just sick of me. She just be sick of me. But at least she knows, like, yeah, exactly. she normalizes. She normalizes it all, but she just be sick of me saying it all the time. Yeah, because I also receive messages
1: from different places, so it's like, but she's going to remember it because you keep telling her.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because you're right. Yeah, like she's, she's hearing boys and girls and she's not hearing anything about the gender binary or nuclear families or families in general and how different they could look. If you read a book, it's always mom and dad and kids, so Mm -hmm. I buy her books. I um, I just I'm I'm always trying to keep those messages like there are. My cousin is a lesbian. She's getting married to a woman. Like, and she thinks that's that's the normal thing. She doesn't think anything weird about that. Um, and when I ask her about school, like I'm like, do you like any boys or girls? You know, like
1: I love that.
2: She's like, no, ew, no. Um, I don't like anybody. (laughs) She's cute. <laughs> mom no one stop asking <laughs> it's funny because i'm so extreme and she's gonna be just she more wow. chill yeah she's more like yeah she's she's very much more chill she's like her father <laughs> <laughs> that's cute But yeah she's not gonna know about i i don't want her to think that this is how it's supposed to be also my parents are separated now so she sees a divorce, you know, like having mm-hmm. mom over here and dad over there. Like, she doesn't see anything weird about that. Like, it's just subtle messages that they get that normalizes the way that
1: they view things. I agree. Yep. <laughs> I also think it's really great that you you started young with her. Because I think a lot of times uh, with other parents that I've had conversations with, um, they, they essentially say that, oh, my child is too young. Like, I don't want to talk about those things with them, regardless of what it is. And You know, whether you're talking about gender identity, race, any type of, of, uh, topic that is, is criti- it requires critical thinking, but I think that kids are capable of that. And it's like, if you don't talk to them about it, they're going to make up their own narrative based on the information they receive externally. Exactly so that's so
2: true and there's always age appropriate ways to talk about things exactly there's not you know you could start as as soon as they start to speak even before Mm -hmm. they start to speak Mm there you read books you can read about how to normalize all of these things that are not spoken about like in Mm -hmm. the the smallest this littlest way like um last year she got a um elf on the shelf, and Me and, and it, if you, have you ever seen the Elf on the Shelf? Yeah. Yeah. It's an elf, it's just an elf. So I remember being like, um, we have to name it. He has to give, they have to give like a name for it, introduce themselves. So I was like, what if I would make the elf a non-binary elf instead of a boy or girl just being non-binary and giving him a, a gender neutral name? So I did. And I said, I wrote on the note, I said, Hi, my name is Perry. I'm non-binary. You can say she, she, or they are my pronouns, blah, 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 blah. And so she was cute. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she she wanted to say she because she thinks everybody should be a girl. So she she called her she. But um now she'll say, like, or oh, mommy, they could be non-binary like Perry. Like she'll say stuff like that now. So So cute! Yeah. (laughs) I love that. I love That. that. That you can instill these like narratives in their brain. Like, not everybody's gonna be a boy or girl. Like, you know, everyone's gonna be different.
0: You know what gets me when people. And maybe some people will disagree with this, but what I've experienced is that it's okay for a husband and a wife to kiss in front of children, but it's not okay for same sex couples to do so. It's just homophobia.
1: So plain and
0: simple. Plain I'm and simple, like literally. Um, okay, well, these are not the type of situations that kids should be around. We should be teaching them that this is normal. Like it's okay. It's not a sexualized, demonized, you know activity that shouldn't be done it's a you know affection it's what you do when you you know maybe or when you see
2: characters on tv and god forbid they come out as gay everybody has a fucking issue with it like oh my god no one can see a gay person it's gonna make my children gay and it's like have y'all seen cinderella have y'all seen snow white have y'all seen like everything is heterosexual and they're still gay people. So we're all, we're good. Nobody's going to turn your children gay. <laughs> stop it.
0: Stop. Oh man. That's real too though. That's crazy. Well, that wraps us up. Natasha,
2: thank you for hanging out with us, girl. Thank you for having me. It was amazing.
0: Yes, this is an amazing this. last episode. I loved it. So this is our last episode of our first season until next year. Oh wow.
2: Y'all taking a break? Yeah. I'm taking a break. I mean you'll see us,
0: you know, watch out for us. We're gonna (laughs) do a couple
1: little things over the next couple of months. But in terms of recording episodes, this is the last one for this first season. First 20 episodes.
2: Well shout out to y'all. Y'all doing great things. I love it. I love to see it.
1: We're trying. (laughs)
0: <laughs> a, little sunlight, a little sunlight for y'all.
1: Definitely definitely want to have you back. To, we have a lot of different topics coming up. And I think that we could really use your insight in some of the other things we're trying to talk about.
2: Yes, I'll be honored. Thank you so
1: much. Yes. All right, y'all. So now we're moving on to our last segment, which is our Women Crush Wednesday. And actually, this one is a little extra special because it's the first time that we have featured a young person, a child. Uh, uh, Their name is Adhara Perez. Adhara is eight years old and from Tlahuac, Mexico. At only eight years old, she boasts an IQ of 162, which is two points higher than both Stephen Hawking and Albert Einstein. Uh, She is currently in school pursuing two college degrees in industrial engineering and astronomy and hopes to be an astronaut with NASA, 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 (laughs) N-A-S-A, one day. So go ahead, Adhara. Like when I saw this, I was like, this is amazing. Like I, I think that I'm just just in general i'm impressed when kids do these types of things like kids geni- kid geniuses because i think of myself when i was eight years old i was watching blues clues and trying to figure out when i was going to get ice cream next like literally that was me so <laughs> i get so impressed and then to like for her to be like a young girl of color like so
2: you know i'm glad that y'all talking about her too because you know nobody's going to be talking about
1: this yeah and honestly that's what we that was the purpose with our this segment we wanted to try to highlight people that are not just like people that are super famous you know we wanted to highlight everyday people that were doing like really dope shit specifically women and girls of color so that's amazing um, and you know what may you continue to shine in your brilliance and schooling all the adults yes where can we see her uh I think you can if you look her up like she comes up she's she's fire I think she actually even did like a TED talk or something like similar to that. That's
0: so cute.
1: Yeah, I saw a picture of her with like a little mic. I didn't watch the video yet but um but yeah, I gotta I gotta watch that yeah can I, I can only imagine like the type of what she's gonna share like coming out of like uh you know such a small person I'm like I wanna hear it.
2: I know Baya's literally about to be eight, so that's fucking crazy. Isn't that crazy? She, even, she doesn't even know like what eleven
1: plus three is. So industrial <laughs> engineering, so impressive. Crazy. So, can't even imagine. To see like what she this 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 girl accomplishes, super super dope.
0: We can. Should- we should find the TED Talk
1: and insert the link. No, oh, we should in the description. Yep, we'll do yeah. that. All right. As always, y'all, thank you uh, for joining us for another episode of Better Y Podcast. And thank you to Natasha for joining us in this conversation. I, I loved it. And I definitely I can't wait to have you back. Uh, for all our listeners, um, this is, again, I know we mentioned this like three times already, but this is our last episode of the season. So if you're not caught up, make sure you go all the way back, all the way back to listen to all the episodes and catch up. So by the time we start the new season, you're all caught up and ready to join us in the new conversations. So anywho, you can go ahead and continue to follow us on Instagram at Y with two Ys, podcast, and like and rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Anyway, y'all, it was, it's been a great couple of months. Have a good rest of your fall. Bye.
0: Yes, out.